Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Hello, my friend. Are you living your amazing life with shit shows everywhere, just like I am? I hope so. It's fun. It's daunting. We are strong people by living our dreams. It is not easy, but it is fantastic. Today, I want to share with you one of my favorite things. Remember one of our listeners suggested that I incorporate this. And so from time to time, I come in and talk about my favorite things. And one of my favorite things is coffee. I am a coffee snob. While I am an inclusive person and I like to be inclusive to all kinds of people, when it comes to coffee, I'm not so inclusive. Since it's a thing, I I don't tend to, it's not a values crossing for me. I enjoy really good coffee and I will go out of my way to find these coffee joints that I really like. Anyway, so many years ago, when I was first trying to make coffee, I made this horrible coffee. I just had a coffee pot and I'd make it. I'm like, wow, this is coffee at home. Either I'm going to be drinking horrible coffee or I guess I'll be going out to get coffee every day. And one of my girlfriends, she used to own a coffee shop that I liked. And she even came over to teach me how to make the coffee because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's just really horrible. Well, that experiment failed. (laughs) The coffee still tasted horrible to my taste buds. And I do think I have high standards. And as my sister-in-law, who is a physiologist, is like, Corinne, you just have super taste buds, I guess. Anyways, so I kept going around and I was in this pursuit of, I wanted to solve this problem of being able to have good coffee when I'm at home. I had the beans. So what else could I do? And I came across years ago, a thing called the AeroPress, and it's made by a Frisbee company. But um, there were all these rave reviews. And so I bought it and I loved it. And I started making good coffee. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I don't know how long I used it for, six, seven years. And in fact, when I first started, I had a hand grinder because I had read somewhere on the interwebs that that was the way to go because you needed a burr grinder. And so this hand grinder was like a cheaper way to do it. And I wasn't totally willing to commit all in on a $400 grinder. So I did that for a long time. And over the fall this past year in 2018, I got a bit tired of the AeroPress and mine was starting to leak and there were problems. And so anyway, so I started looking and when I would go into the coffee shop, I'd ask the barista, like, what do you recommend for an in-home process? And I'm not going to buy an espresso machine. So what do you recommend? And they would just kept telling me about this thing called the Chemex. And I'd look at them like, really? Just some glass? How does that really work? And now I have to buy new filters. So anyways, for Christmas, I got a Chemex and I got the one that it was really important to me that I got the one that didn't have the wood handle. There's a really cool one with the wood handle. It's like a nose thing or not a nose thing, but a neck thing on the bottle. It's really cool. But again, the interwebs talked about like you have to maintain it and, you know, take care of it and you have to take it off and on. And I thought my coffee process is quite a bit extensive as it is. The last thing I need is that. So I got the glass one, I asked for the glass one and I got it and I started using it. And here's where it gets really interesting. And today I'm talking about doing new things. And I want to share this example of how something as simple as coffee can create a shitstorm. So remember, we live an amazing life, but 
we have these shit storms everywhere. I live an amazing life. And then there was drama about coffee. But when I was making this coffee, I was like, okay, well, what are the rules and how do I make it right? And I started sliding into perfection, which is something I talked about last week. And this whole idea of perfection and I have to do it right or else and all the drama would ensue. And I'm like, what is going on? What drama? And it's my old way of being that was popping up in the kitchen because that's not my most comfortable place. And so these old dialogues were showing up about coffee. When I gained perspective, I'm like, but Corinne, this is 40 grams of coffee grounds. It's okay. Like what's the worst thing that can happen? You throw it away not a problem. What's the worst thing that happens? 10 minutes of making coffee becomes unsuccessful. And and so you make it again. Really, it's not that big of an issue, but there was all this swirling in my brain because I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to mess up. Sound familiar? Here's the thing, my friend, when we do new things, you are going to make a mistake. You are going to mess up and you will in your judgment, waste time. But actually what happens is that you're learning. And so it is not as efficient as when you have mastered something to get to the place of mastery. You have to go through the perception of wasting time where there's a lot of falling down moments. That's how you get there. We want it to be nice and tidy and really time management and efficient and effective and not waste any time, but it's in that mess. That's where the mastery comes from. And when we want to do new things, we want to have mastery. We just don't want the mess. It's like, oh, I am so amazing. I'm so intelligent. I'm so smart, whatever it may be. Therefore it's one and done. Look at how great it is. It's just really easy. How often do you get caught up in that? And that's where we need to shift it and give ourselves that space. Because I was freaking out over coffee. I have clients that will freak out if they get a leadership role in their company and, and this is something they want and they're really ready for and they're doing it. And then they freak out about delivering and leading a team and how to deliver meetings. And without realizing that as they continue to do this, as they continue to lead their team, they're going to get better. But they think and they make it mean that these mistakes, that this quote, wasted time means that they'll never be effective. It's this like whole dress rehearsing tragedy doomsday. It's over. It's done with, right? And all of that is not necessary. And it's actually quite indulgent. So what we want to do and what I'm going to go back to my Chemex thing story is I was freaking out and I was trying to get it precise and I'm on the internet and how to know you on the internet trying to find out like what's the right one way, the right one way, right? Well, apparently with the Chemex, there's many different ways. The different coffee shops have their opinions and their processes. Different people on the interwebs have their ways of doing it. So I couldn't figure it out. And I just texted my girlfriend finally and I said, so what is your ratio? And I think she told me, and then I think it was able to confirm it with some other website. So I tried it, but here's the thing. It's like 40 grams of coffee grounds. And yes, I have a a scale and, and remember I'm a swim coach. So, you know, when, if I'm a minute late, I'm a minute late and I'm like, wait, you have to understand like a minute in my world is a lot. (laughs) 
So 40 grams, then I would get to 41. I'd be like, "Uh uh-oh, and I'd be scooping it out. And then it's 800 grams of water. And I remember if I get to 801, I was like, oh no. And I'd scoop out some of the water. Seriously. I was so into doing it perfect. And I just laugh with myself because here I am, the person that's about teaching and working with my clients to move through shame and shame resilience. And I know that perfection is the birthplace of shame. And here with making a cup of coffee, I was trying to do it perfectly. And instead, I need to use that method, the CTFD method, calm the F down. It's all okay, Corinne, because what's the worst thing that happens? I throw away coffee. That's okay. It's not a big deal. I lose 10 minutes and I have to spend another 10 minutes of making coffee. That's okay. Or I can just drink coffee that maybe doesn't taste as good. And what I've learned five months later into this is that the coffee, if I put in 830 grams, it's fine. If I have 42 grams of coffee grounds, it's fine. It's all okay. I don't have to be so precise with my coffee. And I was using a lot of brain juice for that. So where do you do that in your own life? Where are you creating drama or where is drama coming up? Your old patterns coming up in an arena that that's not where you want to use the brain juice. It's not effective and it's not something that helps you right? That for me with the coffee, that is not where I want to spend my brain juice. I want to make my coffee to support me and then use my brain juice and my energy for other things that I do throughout the day. So when you're doing something new, what's really important is that you embrace the journey. You embrace the process, the experience of what you're going to go through. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be like, oh, I don't know. And when you are a high achiever who tends to be an overachiever, you don't allow yourself to not know. It's like, no, I should be an expert. And then how often does that stop you from learning new things? When I talk about learning new things, it can be a skill set. It can be like cooking. It can be a sports. It can be an activity, right? I will watch adults who really want to learn how to swim and say, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. And actually they're feeling shame because there's something wrong with them. And I'm like, it's all okay. You can learn new things. It's all learnable. But when they go in with judgment about where they should be versus embracing, this is where I am. I can be a successful lawyer and not know how to swim, but guess what? You can learn it. That's the beauty in all of this. It's going to take time and will it be take you longer than your kids? Absolutely. (laughs) Adults do take longer to learn how to swim than kids, but you can learn it. I've taught every age group all the way to 86 years old. So it is a learnable thing. Any skill set is learnable. I learned how to cook. It is a learnable skill set. The other thing that when you want to do new things, it can be about what is your heart's desires pursuing your heart's desires, right? We want to do it. And then we're like, oh no, I don't know how to do it. So I'm not going to do it. Okay. Remember it's learnable and it can be your heart's desires of the relationship you want, whether it's an intimate relationship, maybe you want to have, you're ready for having a life partner, or maybe it's about having an intimate relationship with somebody, you know, that you want to start to cultivate. And you're not sure is like, oh, do I want to commit to a life partner? Maybe it's that you're ready for new friendships where it's not so much that you're constantly giving and they're constantly taking that you're like, Hey, I want to do stuff where it's fun and we have a good time and we're both up leveling ourselves. Or 
Maybe it's that your heart's desires you want to pursue having a child or raising a child. Talk about, you know, through getting into the rings of fire with raising children, you're learning new things there. Or maybe at work, you now have a new leadership role or a new position and you're leading a team. So these are all doing new things. And often we think that if we're good at it, it will just happen automatically that, oh yes, we just have talent. And so therefore it comes easy to us. My friend, talent is created. It is not born. And that sometimes some things may be easy, but there are going to be those obstacles for you to overcome. That is the pathway to learning new things. So I invite you to give yourself the space to practice, to whatever time that you set aside, how about you just double it? (laughs) And that way you don't feel like when I don't believe that I have enough time, I get into a state of panic and the best of me doesn't show up. So double that time. So for instance, with the coffee, if I thought this needs to be done in 10 minutes, if I give myself 20 minutes of space to learn that way, I'm not doing it on a morning where I'm going into work and it's really going to be busy or I have all these deadlines. It may be something that I'm doing on the weekend or when I have more time where I have the ability to experiment and to practice. So give yourself the space to practice. Let go of the belief that if you're really good at it, one and done, and you don't need to edit it, redo it. There's always going to be practice. Recently, I did a master class and I practiced it several times with my assistant. We went, I created slide deck and then I sent it to her. She revised it, came back to me. I, I continued to tweak it. We had five or six slide decks for this one master class and we continued to revise it. And I have been making slide decks for a while now, but that's how many decks that we had. And I'm going to continue to revise it and make it better. That's what we do to get to the point of mastery. It is not a one and done. The other thing that's really important for you is to become a compassionate observer, to know the stories that are triggering you in this environment. And the reason that you want to know the stories is that you know them, but you don't attach them. That's why you're a compassionate observer. You're not judging it. You're not defending it. You're just paying attention going, oh, here's the story. Like I was getting triggered with the Chemex of like, oh no, I can't mess up. But why? (laughs) Because the coffee won't taste good maybe because I'll be wasting coffee grounds it's all okay. And that allows me to get perspective and for you to get perspective. So you're leading a meeting with your group that you're now the leader of, and you mess up and you say something and you go, wait a second, that wasn't actually true. This is the direction we want to head to. We don't need to be a hundred percent polished. I'm not a hundred percent polished on the show. I'm not a hundred percent polished when I taught the class. I'm not a hundred percent polished when I do Facebook lives or when I'm coaching. We need to give ourselves the space. We don't need to be a hundred percent polished. That is perfection, my friend. Notice where you are failing at. Notice where you are sucking at. It's all okay. And then think about what you can learn from it. And does it matter? And here's something that's really important. Embracing being a newbie, right? Because one of the things that happens is we start to get really good at certain areas of our life. And we're like, well, I'm so good here. I don't want to suck. I don't want people, you know, it's like, I've kind of created this persona of who I am. I don't want to be over here. 
But my friend, that's the area that you want to embrace. And that was what happened with me and why I started cooking was because I realized I was getting into too much perfectionism when my kids who were in elementary school were cooking because of my own fears and my own limitations. So I embraced, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a newbie about this. And you manage risk. You know, I'm not saying that, oh, go lead your team and go into a meeting and just, you know, fly by the seat of your pants, manage risk. You want to be respectful of the team's time. So have an idea of where you're going, what it is, and then be that compassionate observer so you can lead agilely so that you can make the necessary changes of what a leader would do in that moment. Learn and grow. Give yourself the ability to learn and grow. It takes practice. And we really learn not from our successes, but from our mistakes. Years ago, I mean, early in my show, because I started the show back in 2006, but I don't know, in the first four or five years, people would say, wow, Corinne, you know, how do you get these guests on the show? Well, for me, that was kind of an easy thing because I would just ask. I'm like, I don't understand what the question is because I would just ask people to be on the show. And it was something that I was, I guess, successful that came easily. And so it wasn't something that I really you know, could explain or understand. And I just did it. Now, the other areas that I became successful in, I had to learn and grow. The reason in the show of me asking guests to be on the show was not hard is that I had developed that skill set long ago. I was a shy kid who would never speak. And over time, I learned how to overcome that. And then I carry that skill set here into this show. So you have skill sets that are transferable from other arenas. And so it may seem easy, but it's because you've overcome and you learned at some point. So for me, it was in that process of university or maybe even high school of learning things. And then my own belief system of, of course, you're here to help me. And of course I have this platform. So of course you're going to want to be on my show. And I would ask from that energy. And a lot of times I'd get a yes. And I get no's as well, but then there was always somebody else and it wasn't an issue or a problem. So I had that ability to learn and grow. I gave myself plenty of time to practice. And that is important when you can allow yourself the space to practice, because the idea is to cultivate mastery where it is in your bones and you get it and you learn it. I feel really comfortable now of making my coffee for myself or for friends, but that's taken lots of practice. There's been a lot of time involved in my coffee and some people think it's ridiculous and that is okay. They are welcome to their opinion. I really like my good coffee. It's delicious. It's yummy. It's one of those things. It's for me, it's just pleasurable. I really like it. I know other people like their machines and so on. That is fine. It's not a problem. And when I will go and stay at a friend's house and if they have a machine, I'll drink the coffee. It's not a problem. My preference is to really drink my delicious coffee or, you know, I just really enjoy coffee. So I've given myself the place to practice. And then here's the other thing, my friend, be willing to be brave. When you're doing new things, when you're learning new things, you're going to want to dial up that bravery to walk in with you because it is scary, especially to own that maybe you're really successful in these other arenas, but this other arena, maybe you're really successful professionally, but then this arena of, you know, pursuing, cultivating, creating an intimate, you know, relationship is really vulnerable. Give yourself permission to be brave. It's okay. You're going to learn. You're going to learn how to 
ask for what you want, which is vulnerable. You're going to learn how to, you know, share how you feel, which is really vulnerable. You're going to learn this. There's no right or wrong. And if the other person isn't interested, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. You just may not be a good fit. So it's all okay. Be willing to be brave. And when my clients are willing to be brave, that's when life really unfolds for them in the direction they want to proceed. And always, this is really hard for overachievers, be willing to suck and make mistakes because it's in the mistakes that we learn and that we actually become successful. So as you go out and do new things, be willing to be a newbie. It's embrace it, embrace your inner newbiness. Like how awesome is it that you get to go try something that you may not have any experience, that you have no ability or knowledge and it's all okay, right? Whether it's trying a new skill, new sport. Now, if it's in a workplace, there may be a bit more risk and you want to manage that risk, but go and try and lead and be a compassionate observer. And then afterwards is when you evaluate, not judge, but evaluate what worked well and what can be improved you know, and then you continue to close that gap in between. And then that's where you will learn this new skill set. I'm so excited for you. I'm smiling big for you. Speaking of doing something new, we're closing up with the registration for the enough group. So this is your final chance to sign up for enough, go to how she really does it.com forward slash enough. And in there, if you're listening and we're still open, you can sign up for a consult. It's an invitation, never an obligation, because we need to make sure that we're right fit for this beautiful coaching partnership, but go there and sign up for a consult because we're about to start the next enough group. I'm smiling big for you. My friend, you know that your voice matters. It matters to me. And so we're going to do two things here. We're going to one practice on your voice mattering and you owning your voice. And the other is preserving your brain juice. So the first thing I want you to go do is share your voice, leave a review of the show on iTunes. Tell me what you love. Tell me why you're here. Your voice matters. And the second thing, if you haven't done it already, preserve your brain juice by making sure you hit the subscribe button and you're subscribed to the show. I'm smiling big for you. I can't wait to give you a shout out on the show in the future. Until next time. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting. Never been so wide away. Captured